1: Broker, fresh for everyone.
2: The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander gone Visa.
3: Good Thursday morning, too. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube, TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Midland in the house, producer number nine. What's happening, Kelly?
4: The Much Man, Not Much.
3: Kelly railing against the Antonellis and the Antonelli Cheese. Shop that they've got going. It has
4: to be the most successful cheese shop of all time.
3: Very liberally run commercial throughout the land.
4: It's incredible. For like the past three years. It's incredible.
3: Oh, VEASAN plus 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 subscription. V-Cin will plus, have that. Plus. We'll yeah. talk about that. On the show, Crackman unscripted from I don't know where. Oh, I do know where. Hilton Head. Hilton Head, what? South Carolina. That's where it? he just is today. Just following
4: around, following around the
3: PGA Tour now? Pretty much. Pretty much just going up and down the Eastern Seaboard, following the, the PGA Tour at this point. He'll be oh, back in okay. St. at some point. So uh, we'll get a couple segments of crack. He had something he wanted to talk about a couple weeks ago before he was at the Masters, and if, and he forgot. Crack will tell you he's sort of ADD-ish in that respect. But he said he remembers it, and he definitely wants to talk about it. He actually wrote it down, so I can guarantee it. Now, I have no idea what it is because it's unscripted, but we'll find out. There's your promo. What a tease. <laughs> what a tease. We'll see. Greg <laughs> has
4: something to say. He wrote it down, so he won't forget he's, to stay tuned. <laughs>
3: he's wanted to talk about it for a long time, so it must be good. Matt Miller joins us from ESPN. How about that? A little NFL draft talk with uh, NFL draft analyst Matt Miller from ESPN. What is his thinking right now? He hasn't put out a mock in a while and at the time CJ Strad was his number 1. How certain does he feel that it is that Bryce Young will go to the Carolina Panthers at the top? Who does he think the first offensive lineman will be? Who does he think the first wide out, wide receiver will be? He by the way, he has a wide receiver in terms of like his overall numbers way high on the list. We'll get to uh, all the draft all the draft talk with him, JVT, our senior NBA analyst on the play-in games that were the uh Games that are tomorrow to determine the A-seeds and, of course, the series that have already been established. We'll get to JBT here momentarily. And we'll talk about the games last night. But let me start again with the Tampa Bay Rays, who, again, I'm a baseball nerd. And when it comes to anything historical, I love this kind of stuff. And I mentioned yesterday on the show that it's one thing to chase these... Numbers at the beginning of the season, how many games can you win at the beginning of the season, which, as we'll see here, is already historic. But really, the 1984 Detroit Tigers, the standard bearer of of our lifetime, those of us of a certain age, 1984, who started the season 35-5 and before they went to Seattle, of all places, and, like, got swept in a three-game series. Like, Seattle won 74 games that year, so it did reach a crashing halt, their their start right up. But after the first quarter of the season, they were 35-5, and they ended up winning 104 games, they swept the Royals in the playoffs. Beat the Padres in five in the uh, World Series. That's the team that you that really is the one you chase. But Sarah Lang, Sarah Langs at S Langs on Sports, quantifying what the Rays have done to this point. They're twelve and zero. They do so by virtue we get to twelve and zero by virtue of their nine to seven win yesterday over the Boston Red Sox. Red Sox got some scores, got got some uh, runs, but a nine seven win. Randy Orosa with a three-run Jimmy Jam. They even they covered the run line because they got a run in the eighth did the, did the Tampa Bay race. The run line betters did get home. But here it is, uh, according to Sarah Langs, the Rays have trailed. Listen to this. Here's another way to quantify it. The Rays have trailed at the end of just five of 108 innings this season. They're the third team all time to trail at the end of five or fewer of their first 108 innings of a season joining. And this gives us a chance to bring up these two teams every time. The ninth, excuse me, the 1884 gothams and the 1884 maroons you remember that kelly when the gothams only trailed in two of their first 108 and the maroons didn't trail in a single one of their innings in their first 108 innings back in 84 but 1884
4: yeah i'm invoking an old uh, an old primetime action kelly rule of we're, we're not comparing anything back to the 1800s <laughs> if the car has not been invented yet I don't want to compare it to the 1800s, except, they, except for they have cool names. In the interest Same of being cool thorough,
3: names. too, we had Stephen Vegas who was like, oh, how can two teams have been that good in 1884? Was there a team that was like 0-32? Guess what? I went to the standings in 1884. Oh, did you? Oh, I did, because they have standings. And the only thing I can tell you is there was a National League, there was an American Association, and there was something called the Union Association. And for the first time ever in 1884, they played a World Series. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh, they, they did. Uh, but there we was were... like a team like so so the Maroons ended up 94 and 19. Didn't win it by the way, the World Series. They won they won the Union Association. But it what was the upset. the Providence Grays won it all. You remember old Hoss Radburn? <laughs>
4: yeah, everybody was just colors, I guess.
3: Someone had a parrot. Grays Maroons. Someone had an old Hoss Radburn parody account that was so good, well before the Andrew Luck, you know, mother oh. dear mother. Well <laughs> that before one, the, that I amazing. would plunk you in the head three times in that bet. But, like, they were 94, like, so the Maroons were 94-19. and 19. But there was a team that, like, the Wilmington Quick Steps were 2-16. So I don't know how that works. But anyway, longest win streaks to start a season. This is your modern era. Modern so. era. So beyond. Post-car being invented. Beyond the Maroons and the Gothams. What'd you say? Post-what?
4: Post-Henry Ford.
3: <laughs> the 82 <laughs> Braves, 13-0. The 87 Brewers, 13-0. and Remember, the Brewers then lost 12 in a row shortly thereafter. They missed the entire postseason. The Rays are 12 and counting, and the Rays this morning take on the Red Sox to try to get to 13 and match the modern-day record. It is Corey Kluber going for the Red Sox. His early season numbers are skewed by a uh, five-inning outing to begin the season against the Orioles where he gave up, excuse me, a three-and-one-third-inning outing where he gave up five earned runs. So his numbers are going to be completely jacked in that way. But uh, Rays are minus 225 in this one. So it's not from a betting perspective, it's not like you're racing to bet this, but right now, just in terms of them being the kings of the cash, 12-0, and 0, you'd be up six units. Run line bettors, you'd be up 9.66 units because they're winning everything, except for that one game, right, where they won one to nothing. Everything else, they've cashed on the run line as well. All these based on a $100 bet, courtesy of covers.
4: Because they're raking in cash. Yeah. Oh, uh, is that what you do? Is that you? Yeah, of course. Well, Come time. on. Come
3: on. All right, playing games yesterday, nine tens, And I started the night by well, sort of quoting uh, Shaq. You remember when Shaq was like, hey, man, 39, 8, 29, when he was getting older? At nine ten 10 8, 9 7, 8. Like, it really felt like that last yeah. night when it started, the, the the Raptors and the Bulls. But then things turned. What, what a ball game. The uh, Bulls, man, they fell behind by as many as 19. With just over nine minutes left in the third quarter, they were down 17. With under five minutes left in the third quarter, they were down 11. To start the fourth, they were down by 12. With 10:24 left, and then they went on a 16 to four run to tie it at 91. With 6:26 left, they retook the lead at 96-93. With 5:07 left, at that point they hadn't led since 29-28, and they never relinquished the lead after that. Zach Levine, 30 of his 39 in the second half and they made such a big deal of this which cracked me up which is they become the first 10 seed to ever win and play in history and then the thunder, <laughs> and did, and it then right the thunder did it and then the thunder <laughs> did it right afterwards uh, and the question just becomes how do you lose a game if you're the raptors how do you lose a game when you out rebounded your opponent by 14 by 8 on the offensive glass you made four more threes than the bulls and you led by 19 in the second half and the answer kelly Bidlin is you missed 18 free throws yeah second most in any game in the NBA this season.
4: You saw the DeMar DeRozan daughters thing, right?
3: So DeMar DeRozan's daughter <laughs> <What>? <laughs> screaming at the top of her lungs every time the Raptors took a free throw, and it worked.
4: It's, it's, it's crazy. You couldn't quantify that in your handicap. Yeah, the, the
3: Raptors were so bad from the line. The Bulls were up three with 12 seconds left, and the officials whistled Alex Caruso for a foul on a Siakam gather I guess behind the arc like Doris Burke was beside herself she's incredulous Mark Jones was trying to think of a word in this thesaurus that he could uh, describe the moment <laughs> uh, she seems to be more concerned about that than anything and Siakam makes the first and then misses the second and third yeah like it was such a joke ending you're like that is a perfect way for this game to end goodbye Raptors road teams in that situation the Bulls down 19 in the second half Nineteen plus. We're five and three hundred and fourteen this season. They win it outright. Congratulations to anybody who in gamed the Bulls at any point in that. I did not.
4: I never even never even never crossed my mind. Yep. Never. Even I, I, I was pretty heavy leaning Raptors in this game, so it never even crossed my mind. I was ho- yo, I was hoping we'd get a better number for the uh, for the Bulls against the Heat though, because if you thought the Heat got torn up by the Hawks on the glass the other night, Ooh. wait till Andre Dr- Drummond and uh, Vucevic come to town. Uh, only five and a half, though he's five and a half the, point favorites for that game.
3: The Heat with the standard play in five and a half. Every game seems to be a five and a half. Yep. A- and then there was the Thunder. Now, did you in game this? The Thunder beat. Nope. <laughs> you did not. Oh, Th- I've
4: got, I've got tickets for them to make the playoffs, so I'm just
3: oh. I'm just rooting hard for that. Thunder beat the Pel's. The Pelicans one twenty three to one eighteen. The Zion-less Pelicans by five. Shea Gilgis Alexander was seventeen in the third quarter to turn this game around. OKC had a lead at 71 to 69. Then not again till 101 to 100 under the eight-minute mark. Um,
4: the the bets are mad about myself for oh, this. Oh, Excuse
3: one. me, pardon me. The, the New Orleans had the lead at 71 to 69. Then they fell behind by 10. Came and, and that comeback. I think a lot of people probably took the Pelicans on the money line. Um, they got it all the way to a lead, but then. No, not so much. The, the better team down the stretch was the Thunder. Gilders, Alexander, and Giddy combining for 44 points and eight assists in the second half. Pelicans didn't win a game all season when trailing by nine-plus points after the third quarter. They end up 0-30. And the Thunder, what a fun, oddball team to watch. Oh, yeah. And I would love to see them beat the T-Wolves. They're four-and-a-half-point dogs in the second of the two games tomorrow. Remember, tomorrow's games are for the eighth seeds in the respective conferences, and then we'll finally find out who the 1-8s are. But I'd love to see a Nuggets-Thunder best of seven. I'd love to see that. <laughs> oh,
4: me too. Me too. For sure. I, the one I'm mad about with this game, Gil, is I sat there. We sat there doing Hardwood Handicappers yesterday. Me and JVT talking about this matchup. And I'm like, look, if Thunder are going to stay in this, Dort and Giddy are going to have to have big games. <laughs> and of course, did I go and bet any props on them? No, of course not. And you got Giddy finishes 31-9-10 and 10, and Dort with 27 points and five rebounds. Yeah. So that, no, was, that, that, that was it That time. was
3: like my T Wolves thing the other night. It's like, oh, wait till the line goes up and then I'm going to bet it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do the second part.
4: <sighs> ah!
3: You can uh, take the reservation, you just can't hold the reservation. I <laughs> right, so. There, there you go. Seinfeld. All right, we'll come back. JVT with his thoughts, not just on those two games tomorrow, but also the six playoff series that are already intact with all the series prices, what his thoughts are on each. Jonathan Von Tobel on the other side, our senior NBA analyst, Hardwood Handicappers host, numbers game, Vison. V Sports Betting Network.
2: A numbers game on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: It is
3: time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much more. Here's the thing. Downloading the app takes you but a few seconds. The BetMGM app. And then you stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. That'll take you but a few minutes. And then you start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Voila. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older. And physically located in Nevada, please gamble responsibly. Gambling prom call 1-800-522-4700. I was a little disappointed that you weren't as impressed with the uh, Wilmington Quick Steps record back in 1884.
4: <laughs> Oh, two that? and 16. Two and 16. Yeah. couldn't. The one guy who was keeping all the stats couldn't get to that game, uh, more of their games.
3: <laughs> the Wilmington Quick Steps.
4: Got to send a telegram. Beep, 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 you think beep. they talk like that back then?
3: An old-timey voice was a thing?
4: I don't know, man. Like, just like you were saying about, like, the pictures of the guys, we yeah. don't even know if they're real or we not. Don't, we have no I have idea. no idea. We have no idea. We just know what's picked up in movies.
3: The Modern-day Rays chasing the Maroons and the – What was the other team? The Gothams from 1884. Gotham. Yeah. Uh By the way, that game that the Rays are playing this morning Two Red Sox sitting. Rafael Devers uh, is out of the lineup for the Red Sox this morning, as is Masataka Yoshida. So setting up nicely, maybe for the Rays. Maybe a little team total under on the Red Sox or something. I don't know. Okay, let's talk some hoops. Spring in JVT Jonathan Von Tobel, everybody. He's our senior NBA analyst. He is the host of Hardwood Handicappers, which allows Kelly Bidlin to hang out
2: on as well. How you doing, JVT? What's happening? Yeah, I'm really good, and I'm actually a lot happier. You know, I was I was actually just telling my wife this morning that the 1884 Wilmington Quick Steps didn't really get enough credit yeah, for they what didn't. they did in baseball. <laughs> yeah. Red Lake Snyder was one of the best infielders <laughs> of his era, and I really don't think that him or Oyster Burns got enough credit for what they did. Wow! Oyster wow.
0: Burns! Oyster
3: Burns! <laughs> the, you know, SVP was saying this on SportsCenter last night because they throw up the graphics of where the Rays are juxtaposed yeah. against these teams, and it's like, we have no idea if this is even real. It was 1884. 84. No one knows. No one was around.
2: But I guess I, this... I will say, those are some awesome 1800-esque names oh, that yes, I went to are. go look up. Totally. Like to be named Oyster Burns and Redleg Snyder is absolutely tremendous, and I don't think they're nicknames either. I but, think those but, are their real names. Like that, they're that's what I was
4: just I don't know if Oyster's <laughs> a real name or not. Like, and if if that's a nickname, how do you even pick that up? Like, you're just a dude picking up oysters all the time. J-
3: JVT, I remember when, when you were naming, deciding the names of your child, you were like Oyster just missed out on it. I remember yep.
2: that. It was right there. Oyster it was Bont Diego over. Oyster. Yep. It was right there.
3: <laughs> Oyster just missed. All right. Uh, are you with me after seeing the Thunder last night? Uh, and just knowing how this team is comprised, would you love to see a Thunder Nuggets first-round series and see how that goes down?
2: Oh, uh, 100%. Look, I I think they would bother Denver quite a bit. And, you know, you don't want to tie any single matchup right to a single statistic, but I will. Um, The Denver Nuggets come into this. They're the worst transition defense of the playoff teams They're are 28th in transition defense off live rebounds. So when teams are ripping and running, they're having a lot of success. And while the thunder aren't overly efficient, whenever they run offensively, they run a lot. And so their floor gets raised by a team who can't get back and defend in transition. I I would be really intrigued by it. first round series between Denver and Oklahoma city at the very least Gil. I think it would be aesthetically pleasing basketball. It would be a lot of fun, but I also think that they'd be the very annoying Nat that the Denver nuggets yeah. have to swat at for about four or five, maybe even six games. Go
3: bear back for the uh, T wolves tonight. McDaniels, obviously not. He's done for yep. the season after punching the wall. Are you taking the thunder with the points tonight?
2: Uh, tomorrow night? Yeah. I want to see where this number gets, but I'm going to, I think I will back the Oklahoma City Thunder here because it goes back to actually what we just talked about. You know, Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, they form a very massive front court, as we know. And when you're talking about a front court for Oklahoma City, whose starting center is 6'9 on a good day, well, then it's a little bit of a mismatch, right? However, it's just like we talked about with Denver with Rudy Gobert out there. They also get a lot slower. They get worse in transition and you can play a five out style of basketball against them and force him to guard in in, uh, in space. And guess what? A bunch of teams did that to Rudy Gobert in the Utah Jazz just a couple of years ago and it worked to a lot of success. So while there's a really big size disadvantage, the Thunder can play that five out style that has really bothered Rudy Gobert teams in the past and they can speed him up, which is something that he's not going to be comfortable with. So I- I'll see what happens. I mean, we opened up last night four and a half. I, I see fives on the Board, I'm curious to see how high this gets, but I do think the Thunder are going to be pretty live here in this matchup with Minnesota. And then,
3: real quick, the one that precedes that tomorrow night, which will, yeah. you know, again, these will round out who uh, will will complete the NBA postseason. Not nearly as fun to think about whoever wins this against the Bucks, obviously, but it is the mm-hmm. Bulls and the Heat, and all of these play-in lines seem to be hover right around five, five and a half. This is five and a
2: half. What do you think here? You know, and I'll shout out my wife, who's from uh, the Fresno area, the 209. This total of 209 is insane, and I get it, right? Like, the the fact that this is a faux game seven, it is win or go home, you'll probably take on uh, some aspects of those game sevens, which tend to get really slow, tend to get super half-court oriented, and tend to, of course, go under the total. However, Gil, and Kelly and I have talked about this on the podcast since February 23rd. The heat are the 21st best defense in the NBA. The reason why is that they have guys like Max Drews and Gabe Vincent in their starting lineup. Now they're not as good defensively. Same thing with Tyler hero. There's a lot of guys for some pretty solid scorers for the Chicago Bulls to pick on if you're going to go hunting mismatches. So uh, we saw this yesterday, right? The total got to as low as two twelve. It just eked over that bottomed out number between Chicago and Toronto. And I think this is the same thing here. I'm really interested to see where the market ends up going, because two oh nine seems really low. But if it starts to creep even lower, I think that this thing over as opposed to picking a side is the way I want to go. I know it flies in the face of everything we thought about these game seven type matchups, but I I think this is really low.
3: I like it. Strong take on the total there, right currently at two oh nine. Okay, let's go to Saturday. These are the series that are established and we have four a quadruple header. Already locked in on Saturday. Then we obviously have two locked in so far on uh, on Sunday. But let's do these chronologically, beginning with, and, and we'll do it either, you know, we'll do game one thoughts and then series thoughts. Starts out with the 6-3 game one between the Nets and the Sixers, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Obviously, the 76ers, huge favorites in this series at minus 900. The Nets, 6-1 to um, you can play it any which way. Obviously, the game one spread, uh, the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. What do we get? Eight and a half in favor of the Sixers here. I'm seeing. Yep. Any thoughts? Yep.
2: Uh, from from a game perspective, uh, at least for game one, not necessarily. And it's it is vastly different from when we saw these two teams play. We'll go back to February 11th, right? Because the, the Nets had been newly constructed. You didn't really know what was going on with their roster. Philadelphia was in a tough stretch of their schedule, uh, but the Philadelphia 76ers in that game closed as two-point road favorites in Brooklyn. So that would translate to right about where we're at right now. So we're not seeing a really big adjustment. I think I, from a game-to-game standpoint, Gil, I think I'm attacking this from a player prop standpoint. What I'm really interested in is if you go back and watch that game between these two, there's nobody really to guard, Joe, Joel Embiid, right? Nick Claxton's fine, but he gives up 65 pounds. He's very slight. So what the Nets did in that game was they just sent double after double against Joel Embiid. And I think it leads to two things. I think it leads to one of assists for Joel Embiid. So looking to him, go over his assist prop would be something I think that's worth monitoring on a game to game basis, but also he still got to the free throw line quite a bit fighting through some of those double teams in that game. He had 13 free throw attempts. So playing something in terms of Joel Embiid's free throws would I think work in that realm too. I don't see a very big value in terms of the number here on the game. I'm just kind of looking to find player props and coming out of that from Joel Embiid and how they're going to handle him as opposed to bet this series game to game.
3: Best guess. You think this is a five game series? A gentleman sweep?
2: Yeah. Like, so in the, in the write up for the series, I put uh, the, I thought the way to play it was total games under five and a half right? Because you can get in that range of like five or four. If they end up sweeping them, I think you want to give yourself some wiggle room because one of the things that Brooklyn is kind of dangerous with, they do take well over 40% of their attempts from three point range with this new roster. And so if you get any single night where those guys are just bombing away, because they do have some shooters on that roster and they shoot at a high volume, there's, there could be a night in which they just shoot their way to a victory if they get really hot. So I think you want to leave yourself some wiggle room there, but Philadelphia should be able to take care of the series with ease, and they should want to take care of the series of these. James Harden's been dealing with the sore Achilles. They want to get this thing done and get it done quick, so they get him some rest before they take on. Assuming it's Boston in the next round. Good call. Well, let's go ahead, Kelly.
4: Three and a half for that uh, assist prop for Joel Embiid over plus one ten over at DraftKings, if you want to consider. And yeah, I think this one's got gentlemen sweep written all
3: over. Minus one sixty on the other on the under five and a half games always uh, shop around. Real quick, let's squeeze this one in. Following Mm -hmm. that one is the seven two. Game one in the Eastern Conference, the aforementioned Celtics against the Hawks, Celtics nine and a half point favorites in game one. They're also a big series favorite, but you use the word Nat to describe the Thunder in a potential Thunder Nugget series. Could the Hawks be that against the Celtics?
2: Kelly knows where I'm going with this. I think they can be man. Like we saw, we saw, I think a couple of things against Miami, right? We finally saw the version of Atlanta that we've expected for quite a while now, which is a team that has a lot of talent, high end offense can rebound very well, is pretty switchable and can guard multiple positions with the wings that they have. So I think there's things to like about Atlanta. And the one thing that I brought up to Kelly Gill, which I really liked a lot is, you saw little fingerprints of Quinn Snyder on this team. Like they're running double slip screens for Trey Young so he can get free. One of the things he could not do against Miami, yet here he is finding the mid-range area, using his floater, actually having things open up for him because the offense was running stuff that actually got him to his spots. I think that they're going to be quite the pest. And I'll put it this way. I actually think that the probability of Atlanta beating Boston is a little bit higher than the probability of Brooklyn beating Philadelphia, and yet you have a higher price here for the Boston Celtics in this series. So I think there are different ways to attack this, but I think they can be that net. And on a game-to-game basis, where Boston is heavily reliant on their three-point shooting, if they go cold, we've seen how disjointed their offense can be. Since the start of the All-Star break, They are, I think they're 22nd in net rating and non-garbage time, or excuse me, in clutch time. I think the Hawks can be pretty annoying in this series.
3: More likely that they could take two, let's say, over the uh, Celtics yeah. than the the aforementioned uh, Nets can take that uh, two games over the Sixers. We'll get to the other four series that are intact. JVT, Jonathan Montobel, at me, JVT, on Twitter. He joins us for another segment on the other side. Numbers Game, vsin the Sports Betting Network.
2: A Numbers Game on vsin the Sports Betting Network.
3: There's a lot to bet on the next 30 days. Don't you sweat it. For a limited time, you can subscribe to VEASAN for only $9.99. That gets you insight into daily baseball best bets, NBA and NHL playoffs, the Kentucky Derby, and the upcoming NFL draft. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Also, a top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Sign up now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Skill Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin numbers game right here at Veasan, live from the South Point Hotel Casino tip of the strip. JVT kind enough to uh, hang out with us for another segment because it's a great time of year. The NBA playoffs set to go in earnest this weekend. These play ins are not quite in earnest, if you know what I mean. Let's continue Uh on Saturday. We went through the first couple games. It's also an Eastern Conference game. So the Eastern Conference goes one, two, three out of the gates on Saturday. This is the one, JVT, that's already been, a, was established, established the longest, the Cavs and the Knicks, the 4-5. You've given your thoughts on this before on the show, but why don't you repeat them for, for folks, if you would?
2: Yeah, and, and obviously it really depends on whether or not Julius Randle is going to be available at the start of this series between these two. But if we're assuming that he's going to be available, Gil, I am somewhat surprised that the market is... Uh, and some media members like are just chalking this up for a Cavaliers victory. When you look at some of the things that the the next, uh, the, excuse me, the Knicks can do here against the Cleveland Cavaliers, they can do quite a bit. If you look at just their depth overall, when you're talking about the New York Knicks boasting six guys, six different players who average at least 10.1 points per game, three of them average more than 19 and a half points per game. That's of course, RJ Barrett, Julius, um, excuse me, Julius Randall and Jalen Brunson. And you get two guys off the bench Manuel quickly and Josh Hart. They're a very deep team. They could take advantage of a Cavs bench in which they outscored them in all four games by an average margin of nine points per game. If you look at the way that just these matchups work, right? If you go back to when they played in New York, for example, Julius Randle had a massive game in that first half. And so what the Cavs did in that second half was, okay, well, we're going to put Jared Allen on you and we're going to put Evan Mobley on your center. Cause it's Jericho Sims. Well that works when Jericho Sims is playing Mitchell Robinson's playing now. So now all of a sudden you've got to switch up your matchups and you go, okay, well we can't put Jared, we can't put Jared Allen on uh, Julius Randle because then of course, Mitchell Robinson is going to destroy Evan Mobley on the offensive glass. Like, There are a lot of things that I think make the Knicks pretty competitive in this series. You have to be able to stop Donovan Mitchell, and it's probably not going to happen. We can also go after Donovan Mitchell defensively. So I think the way that you want to do this, and again, it it is all relying on whether Julius Randle is going to be available. If you want to look at like plus one and a half games in the series at about a minus 130 price for the New York Knicks, or playing this in a way that tells you that the Knicks are going to be competitive if Randall's going to be available, I think that's the way to go. I get that we kind of want to throw out the regular season to a certain extent, but when a vast majority of the players that were going to participate in this series were available in the regular season and you got to watch those matchups and study them, I'm surprised that this is kind of being chalked up to, all right, can't wait to see Cavs take on the bucks in the second round because I just don't know if it's going to be that easy for Cleveland. Cleveland minus 200 on the series line, Knicks plus 165. Um,
3: Nick's saying they'll only play Randall in game one if he's 100%, however yep. you want to define that. Okay, now it gets good. Final game of the uh, quadruple header on Saturday. We go to the Western Conference. It is the much-anticipated 3-6, 90 minutes apart. Uh, Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Now, this is one of these series, Kelly. This is make people's heads explode. But Sacramento is going to, if you take the game one line, right, which is Sacramento minus mm-hmm. point and a half. Sacramento theoretically, let's just say things remain static, which they never do, but let's say theoretically would be a favorite in four games and an underdog in three, yet the Warriors are minus <laughs> 275 series price favorites. And the reason for that is because the Warriors will be much bigger favorites in the three games at home. So all that said, what do you like in game one? What do you think about this series price? Which I know, JVT, uh, we all did the guess
2: beforehand. This is much higher than you thought it would be. Yes, it is, and and we're starting to see some pushback in the market, right? Like some spots were as high as three dollars. I'm seeing consensus minus two seventy five. So there, there's been a little bit of buyback here on Sacramento. I think for Game One, look, I think there's two ways you can make the argument for Sacramento for and against them, right? The four would be, hey, man, beam team, haven't played a playoff game in 16 years, charged environment, bad road team. This team's going to come out be you know, really ratcheted up, ready to go. And they're going to come out there and get a big win in game one. It also make the argument that that team is going to be tight as hell because it's the first game in 16 years on their own home court. And they want to make sure that they get a victory in front of their home crowd. But I think ultimately just comes down to this for me and why I would uh, very much look at Sacramento in game one and betting them in this series. I think the probability is a little too high uh, for the Golden State Warriors, which is just that are we are we just sure that Golden State's just going to fix their defense when they were playing away from home? They were the second worst road d de- or me, third worst road defense in the NBA. Guilt. Like, it's not that they went on the road and saw a bunch of bright lights and loud fans. And were like, ah, oh, this is ne- I'm nervous. Let's not win these games. Like, no, there were tangible issues with the Golden State Warriors when they went on the road and lost 30 of those road games. Are they going to be better? Probably. Is Clay Thompson, who when you go back and watch these um, regular season matchups. Clay Thompson was getting beat off the dribble by multiple guys. Like there was a lot of things that went wrong for the warriors because of individual efforts. Their bench units are not good defensively. Steve Kerr had to play zone when he had Jordan Poole and Dante DiVincenzo and Steph Curry out there on the floor because they're just not good on ball defenders. And you have a really, you have a lot of good guard play here for Sacramento. I I think there are actual matchups that work for the Golden, or excuse me, for the Sacramento Kings against the Golden State Warriors. So again, approaching it from that perspective, looking at the Kings in game one and for the series, I think is the way to go here. Will, will the Warriors ultimately win? Like, sure, if you're going to tell me that that's going to happen, I would believe it. But I just, I really quibble with the, the degree to which the market has this Warriors team favored. I think it completely ignores some of the strengths that the Kings do have that can work for them in this series. I say this, <clears throat> pardon me, I
3: say this as a Warriors guy and a guy who has a Warriors ticket to win the Western Conference. If the Warriors win Game One, how ridiculous will be the will the pivot be from everybody in mainstream media? From yeah. oh, they're gonna just roll them now, right? Which I don't necessarily agree with, but I'm just saying,
2: wow, will that narrative change? Oh, a hundred percent. And look, I'm in I'm in your camp too. I've got them at nine to one to win the West. So like I I hope that they can pull this off and move on because I've got a nice ticket on them. And I think you're right. Like the the narrative is going to change. I just. Uh, you know, you know me, we talk about numbers and data all the time. I just, I find it hard to ignore 41 games worth of a sample size that tell us they've got some issues in these settings. We, we can kind of pin your finger on what it is. And to just say, you know, reading a lot of analysis, a lot of it ends with it's the Warriors. And like, at some point the Warriors do have <laughs> some issues, you know? Yeah. Well,
3: See, those four championships will make you do that though. Yeah. See yep. a
4: couple shops that have already moved to Warriors minus one in game one.
3: Oh, there you go. Yep. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, we know two of the series, then they're locked in uh, on Sunday. They will be, in terms of the chronology of the, uh, the quadruple head it'll be games two and four as the day lays out. But the uh, second of the two games on Sunday will be the 2-7 series in the West between the Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies, where the Grizzlies are only, only, I'll put in quotes, minus 140 series favorites. Why? Because it's the Lakers. Your thoughts.
2: Yeah, it is the Lakers, but I also think we have to realize that it's the matchup too and the injuries, right? Brandon Clark and Steven Adams are not going to play in this series. As we know, they're done for the rest of the year. And that's really, really big because now the onus is on Jaron Jackson Jr. to stay on the floor and defend at a high level. And we know he can do one of those things, but Gil, he averaged 3.4 personal fouls per game this season against the Lakers. And he played in every single game. He averaged five. He had really a lot of trouble staying on the floor. And if he doesn't, well, now all of a sudden, your front court rotations turn to 6'8", 225, Xavier Tillman, Santel Dama, who I think is like 6'10 and 98 pounds, David Roddy. Like, it's just – it really throws your front court into flux if Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to continue to have these foul issues. And, by the way, they're probably going to continue. The Lakers were the third-best free-throw rate team on offense in the entire NBA. They did that against the Minnesota Timberwolves in that fourth quarter, and I think that's why you're seeing this short price. It could it, Obviously, part of it is the, the name on the front, right, the uniforms – do garner a little bit more in terms of where you're going to skew the probability of winning a series. But I think this matchup really does work for the Los Angeles Lakers. And they also can defend at a high level. Don't forget that the Grizzlies come into this. If you're talking about the, the six teams respectively, that made it into the top six, right. Of their respective conferences, the Warriors have there. to I the Grizzlies have the worst half court offense amongst all of them. And that includes when John Morant's on the floor, I think there's just quite a bit here that work for the Lakers. Now, obviously, there's strengths that work for the Grizzlies. They're good defensively. Lakers' offense has been inconsistent. They don't shoot very well either, so that's something that could work for them. Uh, but I just think at the end of the day, when you're talking about, you know, I, the high price was plus 130 over at circa, which I bet for the Los Angeles Lakers to win this series. I, I think that's worth grabbing. It's not just because it's the Lakers, but I, I think the market's not really accounting for how bad these injuries are for the Grizzlies. Yeah, no
3: point. Well taken on the matchups <clears throat> for sure. And then there's this with a minute left here, because I know you love the Clippers, the five yes. four Clippers tries. They try as they might've could not avoid the Suns in the five, four Suns are $6 favorites in this series. I know you object to that. Don't you?
2: Yeah, and we're starting to see that come down now. Like the, the DraftKings, which opened above six dollars and now minus down to a uh, minus five hundred. So there's some pushback here, and there should be. That's a really strong number for a team that has played eight games with their superstar, five hundred and seventy-four total possessions against teams that were either eliminated, <laughs> didn't play their starters, or were playing teams. It, it's a really big number. And I'll just say this really quickly, Gil. The Clippers are starting to figure things out. Russell Westbrook and Kawhi Leonard, without Marcus Morris, who's not part of the starting rotation, have a really good starting net rating together without uh without any on the floor in terms of their starters and Terrence man out there now running the bench units that's got a plus 5.7 net rating like these are teams that are this team is starting to figure some stuff out and again just the probability of them winning this series is higher I put a small bet on him at four to one to win the series but the bigger bet I think is to look at them plus two and a half games at like minus 120 minus 125 that's a really cheap number for that I think so big shout out to the Clippers plus two and a half games of that series but he did pull the trigger yeah. on the four to
3: one that's what I wanted to know he put his money where his mouth was Thank you, JVT. This is going to be fun, man. Can't wait. Appreciate it. Always good to talk to you guys. Thanks. You too. Jonathan Von Tobel, Hardwood Handicappers, the podcast. Available at vcin.com slash podcast. And, of course, follow him on Twitter at me JVT, our senior NBA analyst. We'll look at some baseball futures odds. Are you buying into the Rays or someone else? On the other side, Numbers Game, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: A numbers game on v the sports betting network.
3: Call your shot every Wednesday at BetMGM, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place a $25 home run prop wager on any game, and you'll receive a $10 bonus bet. Simply log into your account and opt in, or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to swing for the fences on MLB Call Your Shot Wednesdays. It's just one more reason why the king of sportsbooks is the best place to bet on baseball. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Do an existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and to eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. And as always, gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available. In Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the uh, feedback. Um, good, bad, and different. Just as long as you're funny. We love funny. Uh, this is from uh, Cartwright. Missed the show yesterday. Uh, we'll catch up. Can I get the College World Series plays by any chance? Thank you. Texas and Campbell. Texas and Campbell. And yesterday when we gave them out, you probably get better prices than. Than I did. I got Texas at 61. Got Campbell at 75 to one. A lot of people were tweeting and they got Campbell at 90 to one. We'll have two more as the College World Series approaches. Nick, Krendham, Nick Kendhammer, thank you for bringing up how last year everyone said the draft class was better than last year's, and now next year, <laughs> and now uh, next year that's uh, gonna. Okay, what he's trying to say is and, I, and now next year. This is sentence cut off, but essentially what I said yesterday was. Because it came up yesterday there. It was like, oh, uh, you know, everybody thinks Caleb Williams is better than this group. Well, everybody said that last year. It's that this group was better than last
4: year. It was a good call by you because everybody everybody keeps saying that. And yeah. it's like we just keep, like, passing this buck down the road. That, I don't even know if that's how the kick, saying goes. Kick the can. The... Yeah, yeah kick the can down mm-hmm. the road. But, like, if you need a quarterback, you need a quarterback. It doesn't matter.
3: Nick says, first one I've heard bring that up. Also now getting political ads on Apple Podcast after you brought up college baseball political politics. Thanks. <laughs> is that how that works? Jesse Welch. <laughs> Uh, any chance we get some draft insights from you today? or respect. Oh, he's talking to Crack. He wants Crack to give us some some draft insights. Hmm, okay. We'll see if, we'll see if, uh, he has a- Fluffy Egg Sports was talking about uh, DR De DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan's daughter yesterday, who was screaming every time the Bulls, excuse me, every time the Raptors shot free throws. He always get mixed up with DeMar because he played for both teams, and it worked. And he said he has a whole story where he uh, took his kiddies to see Columbia take on Central Connecticut, and he unleashed the kids. As well, on the, on the opposing team's free throw shooters. Fluffy Egg Sports. There you Unleashed go. Leash to the kids. Hoops by hoots. Oyster Burns sounds like something you get when you eat the seafood buffet 10 minutes before closing time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does.
3: <laughs> Oyster Burns, who played for one of those 1884 teams. I like it. Chris Heath, are there shops in Nevada that allow series price parlays? Great question. Offhand, I don't know of any. Does circa?
4: Um, I don't know. I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, we'll figure it. Check it right. It's now. either
3: circa or none of them, is my guess.
4: Two dollar parlay coming
3: in. Judd O'Connor, I was on vacation and missed the last few days. Do I need you to go back and listen to Kelly praising John Rahm? No, you don't.
4: <laughs> yeah, there yeah, wasn't much praise. That. No, wasn't much praise. Hey, you know how many times John Rahm's won this year where I've had <sighs> an outright on the second place guy? Three times, Gil.
3: Buddhist man. You'll find me in a pine overcoat <laughs> before I acknowledge any records that after the invention of the newfangled horseless carriage, <laughs> Kelly Old door Knocker Bidlin.
4: That's right. Start straight.
3: Cowboys underscore Cubs one primetime. Hey, Oyster Gill or Kelly uh, Redleg Bin Laden, Do either of you know if my YouTube TV sports tier will include both NFL Red Zone as well as VEASAN Live Plus Plus. Could be a game changer. Uh, VEASAN Live, but not VEASAN Live Plus Plus. Can't yeah, get that in wish. there very really well. Hey, before we do the baseball features, did you have anything to say about any of the NBA series prices? I know you're uh, fiending to yeah, say something.
4: I got some bets in. Terry, uh, Terry Ray tweeted at me, too, that apparently the first official car was made in 1885. Oh. So, no, no, it still works. Still right? works right? by right? a year. It's by a year.
3: I thought in my head when you said that, I'm like, I don't want to sound dumb, so I'm not going to say it, but I think he's close.
4: <laughs> it was the, uh, of course, the great Carl Benz. Yes. Thank yes. You. In Germany. Yes. Thank you, Carl. 1886.
3: Okay, so you have your four first round series bets. What are they? Yeah, I've
4: got uh I've got bets. I did play. So the one I will tell you that 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 I'll go right to the bottom of the Cavs. That is the one I think that me and uh JVT disagree on the most even though I think it's obviously still going to be a series. I have the Cavs to win in 6, Cavs to win in 7. I don't think it gets pushed. Um I think that uh health is going to be a major factor here for especially with Julius Randle. If he if he's out there for the entire series, this is a lot closer. Um, I don't think the I don't think enough is being made about his the importance of Julius Randall, and I, it's absolutely a Cavs game one bet for me if he's not playing, uh, in that game. So played those, uh, played Kings plus one and a half games at plus one thirty when this uh, opened up, and, and and I'll talk about the difference here because I feel like a lot of people have questioned me about this stuff on on Twitter, Gil, where. Yeah, take the Kings plus one and a half because instead of a number of over number of games or something like that. Because yes, I actually think the Kings can win the series. Like, and they could possibly. There is a world where they could win the series in five, six games. How like, I think there's a world you. That, that, How where that exists. Dare you? The Clippers and Suns, on the other hand, like I think JVT played that plus the games with the Clippers. I'm just going over five and a half games because I think yes, they push it to six or seven, but it's likely the Suns. Um, I, I think it's really, really likely the Suns that are winning that series. So that's where I went the over five and a half games, just an even money in that one. Um, I like the Lakers as well, just like he does. I know Jurdinsek is very heavy on the on the Grizzlies on the other side of that. I like the Lakers. I think those matchups are going to be a massive problem for the Grizzlies down low. I'm just not playing it at this price. This was, when we were playing guess the price game, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, earlier in the week, I had Grizzlies like minus one minus 180, like in that range. Like I thought if I could get plus 150 or something like that on the Lakers, it'd be a buy-in. I knew it'd
3: be shorter because yeah. it's the Lakers. Yeah.
4: No, you, you guys were both all over. JVT was too. I remember yeah. he said like minus 125 when we asked. I couldn't believe that. Um, so my strategy there will be, if if Lakers drop Game One, I'll be in on them then. If Grizzlies take that first game, I'll, I'll scoop up a series price on the Lakers after that. I
3: mean, the West. Let I me mean, look, look. As much as I love the Warriors, it, the West is a gauntlet. You for for any number of these teams, you can make the statement. I could see them getting knocked out in the first round. I could see them winning the conference. Yep,
4: really is true. I really I really hope we get that that Nuggets Thunder series. I do, it's dude, gonna be Nicole Jokic be. averaging like 35, 20, and 12 a game. And they're gonna be like it's gonna be a close series. <laughs> because it, of what JVT Pratt talked about. They're gonna the, be out on the run whenever they can.
3: The Thunder look so poised for their age. Second youngest team in the NBA. Just looks so poised. And such an interesting team because Gideon, Gilgis Alexander are such interesting players, as is Dort. Yep. Who now has developed a three pointer. In the over oh, when the he ears. starts hitting those, yeah,
4: yeah so. I, I mean Giddy, the one that you got everybody that I keep forgetting, even because it feels like he's been in the NBA for a while now, when it's only like his third year. Um, he's twenty. He's twenty. He's twenty years old.
3: One what? assist shy of a big triple double last night. One assist or one board, I can't remember. I
4: mean, you got Chet Holmgren will yeah. be coming back next year. Chet yeah, Holmgren, twenty years old. SGA doing a top a top four scorer in the NBA. That's the
3: part. Holmgren not even on the court this year. Not
4: even on the court, man.
3: Um, okay, let's go to uh, baseball. We have a, a little bit of a shift at the top or of the uh, futures boards. Obviously, the Astros, defending World Series champions, they were the short shot here moving into the uh, Major League Baseball season. Not quite anymore. The Braves are six to one. They're the shortest shot on the board. Which, as far as short shots goes, as shorts short shots go, yeah, you nailed it. Proper uh, conjugation. Uh, they. Are pretty long for the shortest of shots at six to one at this point. Yankees plus seven fifty, as are the Astros. Then it's the Padres at plus eight fifty, the Mets and Dodgers at nine to one, and there are the twelve and zero Rays at ten to one. Does anything that's happened in twelve games of a major league baseball season—that's less than ten percent—make you want to make any of these bets? Now, my whole thing is this, and I I just think this is the main point when thinking of any of this, either World Series, American League, or National League. Remember, I will say it as much as needs to be said. 80% of favorites get through in the NBA playoffs. For 80% to manifest in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you would have to play a best of 51 in each series. That's how random hockey is. Do you know what it is per stats by Lopez for the Major League Baseball playoffs? What is it? You'd have to play a best of 75. Jeez. Now, keep in mind, we see this all the time in baseball now, right? Remember Jeff Parlay and all those Mets fans who were lamenting, look at the regular season the Mets had, and then, bam, the Braves nip them at the end, and then they lose immediately in the postseason. It's like two different—the uh, the San Francisco Giants two seasons ago, 107 wins, gone, in a best-of-three against the Dodgers right after that, who won 106. So it is—it really is one of these markets where you, if you're going to play something, play a long shot. Play a long shot. And if you are, I mean the Rays aren't long enough for me. But think of a team that can that can sneak into a postseason and then have the makeup to get it done in the postseason. Not listed, well, the Cardinals are listed. Eighteen to one. Always figure it out, that franchise. Those are the types of teams. Guardians, twenty to one. Will probably win that division. Apologies to the other teams, especially to the White Sox. But Guardians twenty to one seems like a juicy number to play. Again, who can get in, and then who can work? You know, then you can work with the number. But anything shorter than that at this point seems just a little aggressive. We'll come back unscripted with the Crack Man, Bill Krakenberger, next.